The one word title of today's message describes what has happened to our school and to our community over this past week. Shaken. No one expected these things to happen. No one wanted these things to happen. Who could imagine one of our high school seniors passing away of heart failure? And then the day after his funeral, a horrible accident right in front of Hauser involving four students. This life-threatening event sent each one to the hospital, with one being lifelined up to Indianapolis many days in critical condition. These students have been shaken. Families have been shaken. Truly, our whole community has been shaken. Yet it is through the fire of affliction that the strength of individuals and of a whole community can be seen. And we have seen strength. We have witnessed unity. We have heard prayers. Even through the worst circumstances, when we look to God, good can come. When I was uh, at the school uh, over several days caring for and, and praying for the kids, the one verse that kept continually coming to my mind was from the Old Testament, Second Chronicles 20, verse 12. And it's a simple yet heartfelt prayer to God. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Do we always know what to do? No. Especially in situations like this. The question is, to whom will we look for, for help? We will continue to be people of faith, people of hope, people of God. So even though we seek to be strong in our faith, it doesn't mean that we don't have questions. Many, of course, have that classic question, the question coming to the fore, why God? Some understanding will come, but every answer will not be understood this side of heaven. God is not surprised or offended by our questions. He's not surprised by the anger that some people have. He says, I know. It's okay. We're going to get through this. See, everyone's level of faith is different. The way people respond is different. The way people grieve is different. And so, in the days and weeks and months to come, we need to be sensitive and understanding 
and compassionate toward one another and towards those who have been most affected. Now, I realize today that I'm mainly talking about an unexpected death and an accident that has rocked our community. But with the rest of this message, know that the truth of God's word and his promises can comfort you with the difficult things you've experienced recently and can offer you help from the pain and the loss that you've experienced in your past. So we now move into the two ingredients that are needed for us to move forward with emotional healing. Time and trust. Let's get those two T words in there. Time and trust. We've heard it said, time heals all wounds. Absolutely not true. We know too many people around us, and maybe even ourselves, that time has not healed that hole left by our loved ones being gone or by another painful experience. Just time itself didn't just make it disappear. So just time, just waiting it out, hoping the hurt will go away is not the answer. For some, if the grief is not dealt with in a healthy way, the pain can get worse over time. And so I think the answer is time and trust. Yes, some things take time, for sure. But we need to add trust into the mix. We absolutely need to trust in God. A trust is not just believing that, that God is out there somewhere, but that God is right here with us in the midst of our pain. Listening, comforting, assuring that we will get through this, not on our own, but with his help. Our next verse says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. See, trust involves drawing near in relationship. See, letting someone in to your life. Letting them know what's really going on. Just like talking with the children earlier. They're not to keep that hidden inside. Some of us do that deep into our adulthood. We just keep it inside, buried. There's no light there when it's buried until we bring it out into the light of God. 
and the light of day, so to speak, for other people to offer us some tangible care that we need. And it's when we bring it out in prayer and with others that God can start to really move. That God's work can really be within us and upon us and around us. And so, and while it's good to receive comfort, it's also good to give it. And so our next point is we receive comfort from God. Then we give, say it with me, comfort to others. There's something for us to do. We receive that comfort, but then we give it. We're to be like conduits. The comfort of God comes in, and it's supposed to flow out. It's really supposed to happen that way with all of God's goodness, all of God's blessings coming in. Not to stay in, but to flow out. See, freely we have received, freely we give. That is the way of the gospel. That is the way of Jesus and his kingdom. To freely receive and freely give. So in our community, we are going to live out our faith by having a continual ministry of comfort. You see, I am not just a minister of comfort. You might not have known this, but each of you are ministers of comfort. Receive that word. You are. God has you in this ministry of his work and his kingdom in this community. It's not just me or the other pastors. No, all of us together. So how are we going to do this? How, you think, well, how, how am I going to be a minister of comfort? It's not as hard as we think. It's through a Facebook post. A call through a card, a prayer, a hug, meals given, cookies baked, all these things, these simple yet profound expressions of loving care. We all can do it. So let's continue to be ministers of comfort to all around us. And now I want to move into 2 Corinthians chapter 1 to see how we first receive and then how we are to give the comfort. This is the Apostle Paul. He begins by saying, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that... There it is. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. That's a good word. See, now we cut to a few verses later in chapter 1 when Paul talks about an experience where he was shaken. I mean, he was really 
shaken. You're going to hear these words. He says, this is him and the minister with the others. They were traveling, sharing the gospel, but trouble came upon them. He says, he says we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Well, he went through it. He said, I can't even endure. I'm feeling like despairing of, of life. I feel a sentence of death. This is a lot going on. But then he knew God was his deliverer, his rock, his refuge, his all in all. And we can know that too. See, these last few verses... In 2 Corinthians 1, set up the truth of our next point, and that is what life throws at us to shake us, God will use to make us. See, Paul shares the profound truth through all that has shaken him and the others that he was traveling with. He said, but this happened. there's, There's some reason here. There's purpose here. He said, but these things happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. There it is. So we rely on ourselves so much, too much. God's saying, it's time to look to me, to trust in me with all your heart, with all your soul. So what has happened in our community over the past week has shown us that we can't rely on ourselves. We must rely on God. See, when we totally depend on God, He will develop us through our difficulty. He will strengthen us through our suffering. And He will bring purpose through our pain. So earlier I quoted a popular phrase that is false. Now here's one that is true. One we've heard a lot over the years. Problems will either make you or break you. So we have a choice with all that we've been through to move toward God which will make us or to move away from God which will break us. Moving toward God brings purpose. Moving away from God brings problems. We see people in the Bible 
who ran from God, figuratively and literally, from the Israelite nation to the prophet Jonah. See, things got worse when they went away. Things got better when they returned. Outside the pain that Jesus endured upon the cross for the sins of the whole world, there's probably no one else that has suffered as much as Job. He lost all of his children and all of his possessions. He lost it all. His wife was yelling in his ear, Curse God and die! Not the most supportive wife. (laughs) But Job continued to persevere in his faith. He said, I'm going to trust in God. And he was stronger in the end for it. And God rewarded him and blessed him many times over. Like I said the other week, the Lord is in the process of making us better, not bitter. Through all the hardships and the trials, he wants us to become better and not bitter. See, the world will shake us, but our God, Jesus Christ, will make us. Make us more humble. More patient. More compassionate. More loving. Jesus knows what it's like to be down. See, he lived life among us, and he knew loneliness, pain, and sorrow. He wasn't just a God far off. He came down to earth. He went through what we go through. He's been right in it. He knows. And even though he's been down, he knows how to rise. Because he did it through his resurrection. He did it. And he alone... Is the one who can bring light out of darkness. The only one who can bring life out of death. Yes, we've been shaken. But we stand because of Jesus, our mighty rock. In him we find stability and peace. In him we find the strength to support our kids to love one another, and to keep moving forward in this community. Jesus is saying to all of us, follow me, and I will make you people of hope. Let's pray.